Greetings, and welcome to the Talk With History podcast. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with you. Now, Jen. Normally, we would be doing a five-star question or review of the week, but we've taken a little bit of time off from the holidays and we're getting back into it. So I want to give a quick shout out to one of our podcast listeners and he shot us an email and said, hey, when are the, when's the podcast coming back out? So thank you to Doug McLiberty. Yes, thank you. And we're hoping we can sync up with him sometime in the future. So quick shout out and thank you to Doug. Now, we left off with what I'm going to call Arlington Part 1 and we are moving on to Arlington Part 2. And we left it with some follow-up. <laughs> yes. So you and I bantered about the Tomb of the Unknown and the guard. Yes. And I believe that I said I thought the guard changed every hour. And yes. you were saying every 20 minutes. And we discovered it was actually, we were both right. Yes. So we discovered that actually in the summer, um, from April 1st to September 30th, they actually do change every 30 minutes. And then in the winter, October 1st to March 31st, they change every hour. And that's during regular working hours. After Arlington closes at 7 p.m. in the summer months and 5 p.m. in the winter months, they actually change every two hours. So it is it is manned 24 hours. And it has been manned for 24 hours since 1937. I actually looked that up. Uh, it They started guarding the tomb in 1926. So about 11 years later, they started with 24 hours um, guarding. But we do, the the 21 seconds is still, 21 steps, 21 seconds, that all is still the same. Um, And because it's the highest honor in the military, the 21 gun salute. Right. And I think that's something that Doug had actually mentioned us in his email too. So um, again, we, we mentioned it briefly and we'll cover it a little bit more, right? This was the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is like a memorial to everybody who never made it home. Yes. Um, so we just wanted to kind of finish up with yes. that follow-up. And there are a couple of things that I saw as well. The weapon will always be facing the crowd. Oh. And they do that to signify it's guarded. Oh, interesting. And it's only unknown soldiers from World War One, World War Two, and Korea. They had an unknown soldier from Vietnam, but they were actually able to identify him. Oh, interesting. And his family wanted him to come home. Oh, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So just those conflicts, World War One, World War Two, and Korea. Oh, how interesting. Well, um, so Jen, you know, now that we've kind of, kind of uh, done that follow-up, uh, why don't you tell us who we're going to start off talking about today? Well, I really wanted to talk about Megger Evers. He's somebody who was very influential to me, and I was very honored to visit him in Arlington. He is part of the tour, so when you take the tram tour, they will point out Medgar Evers' grave, and it is right off the main path, so it's easy to find. He does have a lot of stones, or people have left some kind of memorial marker that they visited yeah so grave. so who is remind me who Medgar so Evers, Medgar was. Evers was just so influential in the NAACP that's he right was 
So we do a very good three-part series on Emmett Till. And Megger Evers was so instrumental in getting some of those witnesses during the Emmett Till trial. That's right. He came in with the NAACP and they went out into the fields and they dressed like sharecroppers and started to ask questions and they were able to get witnesses to come forward and basically tell the truth of what happened that night. And without their work, a lot of that story never would have been uncovered. So Megger Evers, he was in World War II. He does not graduate from high school. He joins the war before he graduates. Oh, wow. And he's actually in Normandy uh, till June of 1944. Um, he comes home, finishes high school, goes to college, and then he starts the NAACP chapters in 1954, right after Brown versus the Board of Education, which is the desegregation of schools. Right. And so he's very instrumental in, in fighting for that. He starts boycotting restrooms in Mississippi that have segregated restrooms. They, they boycott, and I, they don't boycott the restrooms, they boycott the gas stations or any place of business that has segregated restrooms. He starts to really fight for that. Unfortunately, he is murdered in his driveway while his children are home, June 12th, 1963. And he gets full military honors. He's buried in Arlington. His wife is still alive. He actually has a Navy ship named after him. I think I knew that. They finally did convict his murderer in 1994. Wow. But he's just somebody, he just did a lot of anti-lynching work, especially with Emma Till. And because that's the work that I did with my master's degree, I just really always looked up to Megger Evers. And he lived in Jackson, Mississippi. So to be able to visit his grave in Arlington was just an honor for me. Yeah. Now, was his one of the ones that was right next to someone else? No, he's kind of off to the right. When you first get there and you first drive, he's off to the right, kind of by Taft, I would say, but Taft in that, is across. In the, oh, in the President Taft area. Yes, okay. but Taft is still across the main road and up yeah, some yeah. steps. Yeah. Megger Evers is right off. Like you could probably not even get off the tram. You could probably see it from the tram. Okay. And then, uh, so we did do a quick drive by of President Taft's. We did. So President Taft is the first president to be buried in Arlington. He's the 27th president. I didn't realize he was the very first. Very first. Because there's only two presidents in Arlington. Taft oh, and right. Kennedy. Yeah. And so Taft is in section 30 and he, his wife is there too. So Taft's wife is, is instrumental in getting the cherry blossoms. That's oh, cherry yes. blossom season. She's yeah, the one yeah. who helps plant the cherry blossoms. And not just like in Arlington, but all around Washington, DC. Yes. With the Japanese ambassador. Yeah. They do it together. Yeah. And, and, and for folks, if you've never been to Washington, DC, which uh, there, I, I would, I will posit that a lot of people have been, if you're listening to this, it's, it's highly likely that you have been, but if you've never been, that's a great time of year to try and go. Um, I was lucky enough to go to school in the, in the greater DC area. Um, not too far away anyways. And, uh, the, the cherry blossoms and actually our, when we were out there, it was cherry blossom season. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, we, we we did in our video, we, you can see this cherry blossoms everywhere. Yeah, there's cherry blossoms at Arlington, and we also did like the Washington Mall and we all have that stuff. Video and with the mall we, with yeah, the blossoms. Yeah, yes. yeah. So that the cherry blossoms was was pretty cool. What's neat is Taft has a very unique mar- memorial marker, and his was made by a man named Fraser, and Fraser is a pretty famous DC sculptor. He's also he did Robert um, Todd Lincoln's 
sarcophagus. He does um, the, the sculpture of Benjamin Franklin at the Franklin Institute is done by Frazier. The, the picture, the statue of Theodore Roosevelt on the horse in front of the American History Museum that was just removed. That was done by Frazier. He did the two justices in front of the Supreme Court. That was made by Frazier, the Alexander Hamilton in front of the Treasury. So he's wow. So he's he's done quite a bit. He's pretty famous sculptor of D.C. So he has Taft and he has done Robert Todd Lincoln, both in Arlington. Yeah. So now Robert Todd Lincoln. Yes. That that one was an interesting one because to to kind of set the stage here. Right, we had we had already done like the Washington Mall tour, so obviously the Lincoln Memorial is a big thing, and we had done, we had recorded already recorded the Lincoln assassination video. Mm-hmm. Um, we hadn't published it yet, um, but when we when you started telling me about Robert Todd Lincoln, talk about someone who has was around, yes. like physically in locations <laughs> for key points throughout American history. So tell us a little bit about Robert Todd Lincoln. So uh, Robert Todd Lincoln is the oldest son of Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln, and actually is the only son who survives because all three of their their children will meet an early end at different times. One dies before he's in office. One dies after he's during office. One dies after office. So you're talking about Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. So Robert Todd, he's just, I think I learned more about him being in, locations after I worked at the James Garfield house because I worked at the James Garfield house in Ohio. James Garfield was the 20th president, but also the second president to be assassinated. And there's also, there's four presidents who've been assassinated. Abraham Lincoln, James Garfield, president William McKinley and John F. Kennedy. And Robert Todd Lincoln was, has a, presence in the first three yeah and literally physically either where it happened yes. when it happened or obviously there was yes. his father and he was at his father's side so when his father is shot he's actually home at the white house because he had just traveled back from appomattox he was at the surrender of the civil war and lincoln is killed just within days of that surrender and robert todd had just traveled home on a wagon he was tired his parents went to the theater his brother goes to the theater and he stays home and when he hears that his father's been shot he makes sure his brother gets home and then he goes to the the boarding house the peterson boarding house and he's with his father when he passes then when james garfield is president james garfield makes him his secretary of war and He's with him. James Garfield is going to the train station to convalesce with his wife, who is recovering from sickness. And where was he again? It's in D.C. Okay. It's in Washington, D.C. So it's at the train station in D.C. It's now where the, I think it's the National Portrait Gallery is there now. That's right, where the marker Mm -hmm. is. And there's only two little markers on the mall that kind of tell you that Garfield was assassinated here. There's no mark where it actually happened. There's no actual marker where it actually happened. Where it actually happened would be on the road. And so they... They think it'd be dangerous for tourists to know exactly where it would be because they would yeah. run out into the road. And- but in our Garfield video, we cut to that. Yeah, so we talk about that a little yeah. bit because yeah. there are people who are upset that Garfield has no recognition yeah. of that. But Robert Todd Lincoln was with him at the train station. He was taking him on the train. Like, and, then and someone jumped out. And, and-, and yeah, Charles Goudeau uh, shoots him. And 
Robert Todd Lincoln, I think he's instrumental in getting the gun away. And I think he testifies as well in Gudo's trial, but he's there. So that's number two. That's number two. And then McKinley, who's in Buffalo, New York, for the Pan-American Exposition, he's greeting people in the Hall of Music, and he's standing outside the door. He's there with him, and he's standing outside the door when he's shot by Shalgas. And so Robert Todd Lincoln just, I th- we 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 kind of make fun of it, but he also refuses any formal invitation after in that. In the future, yeah. In the future. He, he's, he's basically like, listen, guys, mm-hmm. you don't want me around yes. presidents because for some reason they tend to get shot yeah. when I'm so around. So he is seen, he does do, he, he does come to another public event when the Lincoln Memorial is dedicated and oh, actually okay. it's Taft who dedicates it. Oh wow, yeah, that's right. And he does he does um he is present for that. So he yeah. comes out of hiding, he risks it. Sure. And everything seems goes okay. But he's buried in Arlington with his wife and his son. His son dies young as well and they're in a sarcophagus all together. It's kind of that's another one that's kind of a path off to the side. That's where I'm breathing heavy because it's hard to find. It's yeah. off to the side and it's kind of guarded with a lot of trees and shrouds. So you have to really know where it is. Yeah. And uh, but it's 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 beautiful. The sarcophagus is beautiful and it has his name on one side and his wife and son's. Yeah, and, and learning the history around him was was super super interesting, yes. especially him being present for seventy five percent of the you know, assassinations of presidential assassinations in our history. We also talk about that when Arlington is actually paid for in full and America has given the money to the Lee family to actually own it outright, it's Robert Todd Lincoln that gets the actual deed from them because at the time he's again the Secretary of War, so he gets that deed. So it's very interesting that he receives that deed for the cemetery that basically starts because of the civil war that yeah. his father was president. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had some pretty key roles. He was, a, he, he's a larger character in history in our history than I think a lot of people realize. Yes. And he's depicted as a George, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, that's right. Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. And you love, you love Joseph Gordon. Levitt. I do. I think he's a great actor. And I think he does a very good job of playing him and showing that kind of conflict where he wants to, fight he wants to join the war he wants to be a help to his father but his father you know they're they've lost children his mother is very frail mentally and so lincoln wants to also keep him safe and protect him as well so there's kind of that conflict uh that's going on in robert todd's life especially with taking care of his mother he will take care of his mother until she dies so but if you ever see lincoln i think it's a great depiction of the 16th president yeah yeah, that's a good one. So who's uh who who are we visiting after that? So I definitely wanted to we go to Glenn Miller's grave. That was a cool one. So I am a huge Glenn Miller fan. Yep. I used to listen to his music in college while I would study. Yeah. And it was just an honor to visit his grave. Now he has a memorial. He doesn't actually have a grave. There are a couple of memorials because his body was never recovered his body was never recovered and they don't actually they they don't actually know quite what happened wasn't wasn't he like traveling by air Mm -hmm. and and lost over they lost contact with their plane so 
more, most more than likely, most likely it crashed in the water. Yeah, and you, I think you do a pretty good job about talking in the video of like, hey, you know, he was traveling around Europe. Yes, he did 35 bases in one month. So Glenn Miller goes into the military as a musician because he's too old to fight. He's 40. And so they, they come in for morale, play for the troops. And so he's World War II. more than happy to do that. Yes, it's World War II. And he he loves that. So he's going around. And Glenn Miller, at the time, you have to realize he was like a best-selling recording artist, artist from 1939 to 1942. In four years, he had 16 number one hits. Holy cow. So if you think In the Mood, Moonlight Serenade. Yeah, well, and there's it's funny you mentioned Glenn Miller because even for me, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you before. For me, in my youngest years, a lot of people who know me personally, I was a gymnast all growing up. And actually, at my very first gymnastics center in Central California, we would go around and perform for schools. And that was one of the songs was a Glenn Miller song. Oh, really? It was a it was very like big band, yes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, very big band type style. And there's a bunch of you know kids doing gymnastics and yes. stuff like that. So so we would do something like that. Um, and also one of the things I think that attached you to Glenn Miller, if I remember right, was Jimmy Stewart. Yes, played him in a movie. It's fantastic. If you've never seen the Glenn Miller story, 1953. Jimmy Stewart plays him. And I think Jimmy Stewart even learned how to play some instruments to play him because Glenn Glenn Miller played a couple different instruments, including the trombone and the piano. And I just think he looks like him. He kind of embodies the character very well. And it's just a great story, great depiction. When we go to the when we went to the Jimmy Stewart Museum, they had his costume. Yeah, that's right. From that movie. So if you get a chance to check that out, that was really neat. But yeah, it was a foggy day, December 15th, 1944. He was, this kind of came out later, but he was trying to rush to get to a party for Eisenhower because Eisenhower just was getting promoted and it was cold and they think that they froze the fuel intakes and they think they crashed in the English Channel. Yeah. So another interesting thing that unless you're, you have been in the Navy, you may not know this, but um, even today to come into the Navy as a musician is incredibly difficult. You, to, by today's standards, you have to, unless you're a singer and you're an out-of-this-world singer, which we actually know some, Yes. Um, you actually have to be able to play like two or three instruments oftentimes. You need to be able to read music. I mean, you, you can't be just a, a high school hobbyist and come into the Navy as a musician. Um, so I think it's kind of neat to hear that, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably didn't come into the Navy as a musician, but he came into the service as a musician because all the services that, you know, they're musicians and the, and the musicians across all services are incredibly talented. So yes. it was cool to see the, the Glenn Miller one. Yeah. And his music still stands the test of time. Yeah, I'm, so I, I listened to him in college. I loved his CD at the yeah. time. But um, another one that's close is Joe Lewis. So we had talked a little bit about Lee Marvin in the first podcast about Arlington. And right beside Lee Marvin is Joe Lewis. And you won't miss that marker. I mean, it's 
right next to it. And it's big and it's pink and it has a depiction of him in bronze in his boxing with his fists up and and it says Joe Lewis on it. So you won't miss it. Yeah, it's actually easier to spot the Joe Lewis yes. one than the Lee Marvin yes. one. It's just, so if you go looking for either of those, look for the Joe Lewis one and Lee Marvin is, is yes. next to that. And it's right by the Tomb of the Unknown. And I think it's also pointed out on the tram. Yeah. But Joe Lewis... I uh, was the heavyweight champion of the world, yep. 1937 to 1949. And we <laughs> we kind of joke about him because of coming to America. Yes, I put a clip in there. I put <laughs> because a clip in there. That was my first uh, introduction to Joe Lewis, right. was coming to America. And they're talking about boxers. Yeah, the, right? the Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. <laughs> if, if nobody's ever seen it, go look it up. It's absolutely hilarious. So they're arguing boxers in the barbershop. Yep. Just like old men, they're they're depicting old men. Like, what would old men argue about? They're arguing about who is the best boxer of all time, right? Right. And of course, none of these men. Some of these men have faced each other, but none of them have all faced each other. So, in time, yeah. who was the best? And Joe Lewis comes up, and so his grave is in Arlington because he was in the army during World War II. He served from 1942 to 1945. He had 25 title fights, and like I said, he was the heavyweight champion of the world. He retires and then tries to make a comeback, but he's not successful. He retires at 51. And then, you know, just try to make a comeback after 51. He's understandably not successful. But yeah, he's buried in Arlington. He was from Alabama. Yeah, I mean, and part of the cool thing for me as someone who doesn't follow a lot of this stuff is is when I'm researching uh, folks like Joe Lewis or Glenn Miller, and I'm seeing kind of their their resume, right? Their life in a snapshot. I mean, guys like Joe Lewis, I mean, absolutely incredible. Absolutely. And just tough. Yeah. Just one of those people who just all around is an overachiever, if you can imagine. It's like a really tough person. But he has, we talked about not all markers in Arlington are the same. And it's interesting that how different some are, and his is one that is, it's it's a pink marble. So it is, it's just yeah, it stands very out. different. Yeah, no, it, it definitely stands out. But when you talk about the differences, you know, we talk about the two presidents that are there. Yep. And of course, Kennedy's. So yeah. the most visited Ken- grave. Ken- Kennedy's is a big one, yeah. right? The eternal flame. Yes, and- his is the most visited grave in yep. Arlington. and. Yep. He had visited Arlington a couple months before he died, and Cause, he because you yeah that's right you told me he had, mm-hmm. he didn't want to be buried there initially. Well, he he just never thought about it. He was visiting. I mean, he's young, so he's not thinking about his mortality. Right. And he said, "This I could see myself spending eternity here." He says that. That's crazy. So then, when he is assassinated, his his wife wants him buried at Arlington, and she wants something unique and she had remembered a flame an eternal flame in greece on one of their visits so she had thought this would be a great way to honor him to give him an eternal flame so robert uh, john f kennedy has an eternal flame right by his grave and he's been moved a couple times because as family have passed they have kind of moved his grave and there are pictures robert um robert Fitzgerald Kennedy? Yeah, I, I, I honestly, it's hard for yeah. me to keep track of yeah, all the Kennedys. Yeah, I think it's Robert Fitzgerald Kennedy. He would be there when they would move his grave at night. Oh, okay. Would, so there's, there's pictures you can find of, of him standing there oh, wow. when they would move his brother's grave. And then when Robert is assassinated, he's buried there. Ted is there. Of course, Jackie O is there. Um, his, his 
children that were that, that died very young are there, but his son JFK Jr. is actually um, he was cremated and buried and spread over the ocean. Okay, so he's yeah, there. and and the setting of that one, right? Again, I, I hadn't really known much about it other than he was there. Um, the setting is just it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful spot to visit. It's it's large, right? It's it's a it's a large space, um, and especially with when we were there with the uh, the cherry blossoms. It, it was it was a cool one to do. That's that's yes. that's a kind of a must yes. visit if you're there. It's an honor. He's the 35th president, and I always you know I always look up to John F. Kennedy because he served in the Navy. Yeah, and he has that great line. I can always look back on my life with pride and say I served in the United States Navy. So I I love that about him. We've got more Arlington videos that we've done. We we do, and we'll do some more videos because we've. We went back and we spent more time with more connection to literature and media and other influencers. And we've done a, another video. So we'll we'll do another podcast. We'll, we'll do some more Arlington <laughs> podcasts. But we appreciate everybody uh, for sticking with us for this, this two-part podcast series on Arlington National Cemetery. Um, and as I said on the last podcast, as you can tell by the stories that we've covered and how much we've is there's a talk about we've only scratched the surface and we just mentioned another video that we did with more larger than life characters. Um, So thank you again for listening to the talk with history podcast and please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this, share this with them, especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend, shoot them a text and tell them to look up the talk with history podcast because we rely on you, our community to grow we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.